My name is Ron Tolner. I'm the facility manager at the Center for Nanoscale Materials. My name is Katie Corrado Greger. I manage the user and outreach programs at the CNM. Argonne is a Department of Energy National Laboratory with facilities and capabilities for um, researchers to do all kinds of things. We're like a very large university campus with departments in chemistry, biology, physics, and that sort of thing. And one of those divisions is called the Center for Nanoscale Materials. So properties change at the nanoscale. So when you talk about nano, that means a nanometer or a billionth of a meter. So very, very tiny. So if you took something like gold, for example, you know what a gold jewelry looks like. And if you make very small particles of gold, they still look like gold. But if you get down to a size where you can't see them anymore, and you put tiny nanoparticles of gold into a solution, that solution is actually clear and it's pink. And that's because the visual properties have changed. And a lot of things change at the nanoscale, and so we try to, to exploit that. So one of the microscopes that we have uses x-rays to look at samples, and the resolution that that has is 30 nanometers. But that's hard to describe or to visualize to most people. So the way that they say is that they can look at materials all the way through in three dimensions at 30 nanometer resolution, which means it's like imagining a human hair blown up to the size of a football field and being able to look at a coffee cup in the middle of that stadium. There's only one of these X-ray microscopes in the world, these synchrotron X-ray microscopes, and so we have a lot of researchers who come to take advantage of that. We're happy to accommodate people from around the world who are doing research in very advanced areas. So our scientists and users from coming from the outside do nanotechnology research in solar energy, batteries and solid state lighting, um, medical advances in cancer therapies, low friction materials and semiconductors. So it's just very exciting to be able to touch a lot of different areas because we have so many capabilities to offer. Yeah, the Center for Nanoscale Materials is a two-story, 88,000-square-foot building that houses uh, conventional laboratories, clean room space, and office space, along with uh, mechanical rooms for all of the utility equipment. Construction was completed in 2006, and we're accepted for silver lead in 2012. So as you uh, drive up to the Center for Nanoscale Materials, uh, we're, we're fairly surrounded on one side by uh, a forest preserve and some wetlands, but we also have uh, rainwater management. Uh, any large rain events that we have, the water from the parking lot will collect into a, a holding basin, which then pumps the water uphill south of the CNM and then through some berms, kind of a filtration, and then back down past the CNM into the wetlands so that they have some clean runoff that helps to reduce the amount of salt and debris that may normally collect into the wetlands. Uh, water that collects on the roof from, from rain events also collects in a, a rain garden that similarly will go through a man-made filtration process and then eventually wash out into the wetlands as well. The entire roof surface 
is a white membrane that uh, it reflects any of the sunlight so that we don't absorb the heat and thus create warmer temperatures in the building so we have less demand on our cooling system. Most of the windows in the building are all situated facing either northwest or north, which also uh, eliminates the direct sunlight from coming into the facility. So it's a, it's a benefit for our cooling system that we don't have to keep up with those hot summer days. So we have some public spaces that are very nice. The building was designed with a large lobby in the front, um, a lot of glass and sunlight comes into there. So it's a nice gathering place, especially if we have groups come in. And um, there's also a what we call a video wall area. We can show slides there to people who are coming in. And that's also a place where the researchers can gather informally to chit-chat or plan their um, experiments before they go into the lab. So our, uh, our ventilation system, the building is under positive pressure. So we keep pushing air out the doors so that we can re keep our particle count in the facility low. Uh, we do that by uh, running our makeup air into the building through many layers of filters. The clean room facility uh, goes above and beyond that. And uh, the lower the particle count, the less demand there is on our, on our equipment. So that helps reduce our electrical loads. We have a, a nanofabrication and devices group that specializes in this type of making of materials that has to be done in a clean room space. And so that's done in a space that's carefully controlled. And it has 100 particles per cubic meter or less, which is extremely clean because the devices and materials that they're making in the clean room are so tiny that dust particles could damage them. Our uh, ventilation system uh, is controlled by variable speed uh, drives so that uh, if we only need to have a certain amount of error exchange or error polishing, uh, we can run the fans at a slower speed so that we can save on uh, costs, electrical costs. And it's been found that the facility has saved uh, roughly $25,000 a year uh, with this equipment. The other ways that, he, uh, that we are efficient in energy in the building is with all of the window space uh, and some skylighting, we can illuminate a lot of the office and lobby space without the need for uh, turning on light fixtures. So we can say that the, the lighting power density was reduced by an average of about one watt per square foot for the entire building, which is less than 32% of the typical equivalent building of this size. We also uh, boast 28% less energy usage in the facility, partly as a result of some waste heat recovery uh, equipment and heat from the campus process cooling water system uh, which we use to cool the research and lab equipment, uh, is recovered and used as free heat back into the facility. So we found that through this, this heat recovery feature, that uh, we can reduce our heat energy requirements by 55%.
we do hear back from the users uh, the, how pleasant the building is to work in, uh, how clean it is, uh, how inviting the, the entry system is to it with the architecture on the outside. It's been a tremendous experience uh, being here for these almost 10 years now. Part of my job is to give tours of our facility. We do quite a few. You can see the laboratories, all the different microscopes. And so we welcome people to come in. They can get in contact with the Center for Nanoscale Materials User Office to plan that.